Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey guys, it's Paulina, and I'm back this week with more podcast episodes. You may have been wondering, where did she go? Why did I take a break from podcasting last month? And honestly, I was taking a break because I was away. I was in Europe for the last month. Um, I spent two weeks in Estonia where I was teaching a seminar and coaching, consultant coaching some of the girls out there. Um, It was an incredible trip. I loved visiting Estonia, seeing the Baltic Sea, being an old town, absolutely marvelous to be in Europe. And what did I do there exactly? Well, I was putting on a seminar that included jump lessons with all of the girls, jump workshops, breaking down technique, trying to help them with doing the correct edges and, uh, you know, getting the most snap out of their jumps. I was doing off-ice with them, half-hour off-ice workouts before, what to do before you step on the ice for training, and that includes, you know, running, stretching, jump roping, and off-ice jumps, and off-ice jump technique. I was also doing off-ice dance classes, so I was teaching some Latin ballroom for everyone, teaching everybody the basics and how you can apply a lot of that Latin movement onto the ice. And then I was also doing um, skating skills workshops, skating skills classes with the oldest girls, the middle girls, and the youngest ones, um, working with all ages, helping certain girls with their programs and choreography, how to perform their best. I was very busy the last two weeks in Estonia. It was such an incredible trip, and I'm so grateful to have been able to be out there. Is this something that I want to continue doing in the future? Absolutely. I'm really excited about seminars, guys. It feels like such a way for me to give back to the skating community and help younger athletes develop both their careers and their skating in general. I love giving tips. I love sharing my experiences and helping them both, you know, when it comes to physical technique, but also mentally. What should we be thinking about when we skate our programs every day in practice? What should we be focusing on as a whole rather than all these nitpicky details. Yeah, it's it's definitely something I want to continue, and I'm really excited because I have some upcoming seminars happening, and I can't wait to meet even more skaters and help out even more. <laughs> okay, so I have a few questions from Instagram from last week. I put it up on my Instagram story, and how do you guys ask me a bunch of questions? I'm going to answer them for you right now. First question is, would you like to become a coach? So this one is funny because I am doing a bunch of consultant coaching now. I don't think I want to be a an actual long-term coach for one particular skater. I think that is a huge, huge commitment, both to developing a skater's 
technical and artistic side, but also, you know, everything that goes into a season and an off season. I don't really have the time to do that right now. So that's not something I have my eye on. However, I do love consultant coaching. I love traveling and going to work with skaters and give them tips. I used to do that a lot as a skater. I would go work with Christy Ness, with Frank Carroll, with Sasha Fedeev, and they gave me such amazing tips uh, that really helped progress my career. So that's definitely something that I'm looking at and I'm doing uh, currently and I'm going to continue doing. That being said, anybody who wants some consultant coaching, please reach out to me because I would love to help. Next question, how did coaching in another country feel like? This was really, really interesting. So I was in Estonia and Estonia is right between Finland and Latvia, I believe. So it's right next to Russia and has very similar Eastern European Russian style to how it works. So I was mostly working in group classes. There weren't a lot of open freestyles where people are getting private lessons. It's mostly you come in, you do an hour and a half of jumps and everybody's doing the same jump and then they show and I'm going around and helping everybody with the same jump that they're working on. Vice versa, there's also an hour or two class of just skating skills. So I'm teaching all these different skating skills. Then I'm teaching a group class of spins and it goes level by level. So there's a group of older skaters, um, higher level skaters. There's a group of kind of like the middle in between skaters. And then there's the group of really young skaters who are at the lowest level. So I was doing all three. It was awesome to be in a setting like that. I felt like it was very, very productive. I felt like there's just so much structure in all of these skaters days it's really a camp so they're getting so much done they're progressing so quickly I was really surprised to see how hard they work how many hours they work and how brilliant the structure allows them to do as much as possible in basically half a day's worth of time interestingly enough uh, with the uh, coaching styles there as well It's funny because I grew up with a Russian coach, my mom, and she basically organized that type of camp thing for me at home with different coaches and dance lessons and whatnot. But she's a yeller. She loves yelling. Um, That's just how she operates when she's on the ice. And that's exactly how the coaches in Estonia also operate. Everybody is um, yelling. Of course, you have to be heard in the rink, so it makes sense. But my approach is definitely, I'm a big smiler. I like joking around with the girls and talking. I like complimenting where they're doing things right and then giving them some constructive criticism and um, some tips to fix the next thing that they do. Uh, That's kind of how I approach it. And it was really nice seeing the reception from all of the young Estonian skaters. And, you know, by the end of the week, They were all giggling with me and smiling and working super hard, but I could really tell that they were enjoying the camp. So that meant a lot to me. And I really, really, really enjoyed that experience. I learned a lot. Next question. How is it to coach someone instead of being coached? Well, this is actually interesting. I feel like it's, I I pull so much from my own experiences with my coaches into the way that I coach people now. I feel like I have a really good technical eye when it comes to jumping and spinning technique because my technical coach, David Glenn, was so consistent with me um, and so is my mom when it came to spinning. So I really enjoy giving tips and realizing that a lot of the stuff that I'm saying I used to hear a million times from my own coaches. 
But I also think it's really helpful that I myself was a skater. So when I need to give a correction when it comes to technique, I can show it and describe the exact muscles that I'm using and what they should be focusing on. And I also really like showing movement of full body or how to make something a little bit more artistic with either emotion or a certain arm movement the way you bend your elbow it's really fun for me to show and i think the kids really get it when i am doing it with them and showing them and giving those really specific instructions and then they themselves feel it as well and can continue so definitely different coaching someone um, but i i really enjoy putting my skills to that use can you see yourself being a coach for a young and upcoming athlete in the future? You know, I would, again, love to be consultant coaching for young athletes. I would love, love, love to work with skaters who are on the up and coming, you know, on the rise in their careers, because I think there's a lot of opportunity for, you know, maybe correcting certain technique mistakes. I think there's a lot of guidance that I can give, especially when it comes to performing and just the mental, everything about the mental side. Also, how to make a program full, if that makes sense. It's funny because as I tell skaters exactly what I think after I watch a program, I realize, you know, when I was a skater, it was really hard to do that. And I don't think that I was always succeeding in making some of my programs the most full they could be, you know, whether I was concentrating the most on the jumps or the spins or whatever. But I feel like now I I really can instruct in that way. And even if I didn't particularly always do that as much when I was skating, I visually can see it, I feel it, and um, I can give those tips to people. Yeah, I would definitely love to be a part of young and upcoming athletes' careers and give them tips and advice, give their coaches tips and advice. You know, the skating world is really hard. Navigating what the best moves are is really difficult, um, but I'm always here for information if anybody needs it. How do you foster a love of skating when coaching? For me, it has a lot to do with smiling, a lot to do with complimenting things that people are doing well. I don't think that negative comments are always beneficial just because once you tear someone down long enough, they're going to start believing that. And so my style is definitely to always compliment the stuff that they're doing well, but always instruct and inspire them in a way that makes them want to improve rather than feel like they didn't do something right and it wasn't good and they have to do it again. And so when I say that, an example would be you know, me telling a young girl to arch her back a little bit more and feel these certain muscles in her back and shoulders so that she can skate like a swan. And so that when people watch her in competition, they say, wow, she was beautiful. Rather than you hit all the jumps, but your posture is a little bit weak. So people are going to maybe not give you as high scores as you could be getting. And so in that way, I usually see like the girl's eyes light up like oh like she thinks I'm beautiful when I skate with my shoulders down and I'm like yes you got this girl just go be the ballerina you are so anyways that's kind of how I personally foster a love of skating when coaching and I think it's been working out so far next question carry or check your costumes and skates when traveling Okay, so when I used to travel internationally for competitions and domestically, I would always carry my skates. Always. 
the only time I couldn't carry my skates on a flight was if I was already in a different country and I was flying back into the U.S. But at that point, I've already competed, so it's okay if my skates got lost in luggage for a day or something. Um, but flying into a different country, always, always, always have my skates on me because if I were to lose my skates and luggage for even a day or two, that's going to really set me back in competition. Costumes-wise, I usually check it. I don't carry them on with me for a flight, but I've also never run into a problem where I've lost it, so don't know what the best move is on that one. Jet lag and competing. How did it affect me? Okay, so jet lag is very real. It's very hard. For me, I found the best recipe was flying in two days before the competition. That way I'm there for one official day of practice and then I compete right away. And the reason that would work best for me was because my body was so full of adrenaline that if I was there any longer, the adrenaline would be there for one or two days and then start to fade off. So if I competed during that fade off period, I don't compete as well. Um, so I need to go, go, go as soon as I'm there. So I usually fly out two days before I'm there for one official practice and then I compete the next day. This recipe is totally different for skaters. Some people come like five days in advance and try to get used to the timing and the jet lag before they compete. That personally doesn't work for me. Um, I really need to be there when the adrenaline is on. So that's how I would always deal with jet lag. Tips for getting into competition form and the right headspace. So obviously for just physical competition form, it's a lot of training, but most importantly, the headspace is how you're going to compete. So for me, the right headspace really means that I know I've been working hard. I trust my training. I trust my coaches and the recipe that we've been using all season or leading up to this competition. And most importantly, reminding myself that it's just a competition. It's just this competition is preparing me for the next one. You know, taking the pressure off of yourself that you don't have to be some perfect out of the park skate at this competition. Um, even though that is what you're trying to accomplish, you don't want to add extra pressure to yourself. So I always unload that pressure by making it seem not as big as it is. And then I also usually pretend that I'm at home, that it's just another day at practice at the rink. This is just going to get me through to the next day. It's just another run through. I'm constantly reassuring my mind that so that the butterflies don't rise up and my body, body doesn't start to lock down under stress and adrenaline. I really need to keep everything super cool, super relaxed, super calm at bay. Just go out there and do my job. So that would kind of be my tip for getting into the right headspace. <laughs> packing tips for competition. Okay, packing tips. I would definitely say pack what you need. Don't stress yourself out with a bunch of things that you're not going to need at a competition. I would definitely always pack my computer. I would pack my homework from school because that was a really good way for me to de-stress and put myself outside of the skating realm was just doing homework in my hotel room. Um, I pack, you know, pack a few really fun skating outfits. What's going to set you apart on the practice ice? What do you feel good in when you step on the ice? I loved practice outfits. Yeah, anything that you need for hair and makeup. I don't know. Packing tips. <laughs> If you know me, you know I love Ginger Shots. Let me introduce you to this stellar product that I found. It's from Morningside Naturals, which is a small family-owned business. It's called Woodroot Tonic, and it's like a clovey, spicy ginger shot that doesn't sting. 
It's got chaga mushroom, cayenne pepper, apple cider vinegar, lemon, orange peel, ginger, cloves, and cinnamon. You take a one to two ounce shot in the morning to start your day, or you can do what I do, which is mix it in with some iced green tea, squeeze a little fresh lime juice in there. Mmm, such a dank drink. Some of the benefits of woodroot tonic? It boosts the immune system. It promotes a healthy digestive system. It reduces inflammation. It supports sinus health. If I'm ever feeling a little scratchy in my throat, I'll knock one of those shots down and immediately all my airways are clear. I really, really love this product. I super recommend you guys try it. Guys, say yes to 100% organic, vegan, premium ingredients and no added sugars, GMOs, and gluten. It's all safely made here in the U.S., I've posted about them on my Instagram. You can check out their page. And if you do decide to order some Woodroot Tonic, use my code PE2021 at checkout. Okay, and then what are some things that made you stick with skating and not stop? So for me, it was both appreciating the culture of skating with competitions and travel and the sparkly dresses and meeting people from all over because you were traveling to competitions. There were all these perks from skating that I I really loved But I would say the biggest thing that made me stick with skating and not stop was the fact that I felt really special on the ice. I knew that I was good at skating. My coaches were always telling me I was great, that I was talented. So I had that kind of reassurance in me, but I always felt like I could be the best version of Paulina every time I stepped on the ice in terms of performance and athleticism and beauty that was something that I really, really liked and that I didn't feel in other sports or at school. Um, that normal average feeling of just being a person, super fun, um, but it didn't make me feel special. Skating made me feel special. And that was why I was always drawn to continuing and not dropping it. How do you travel and work out abroad? Do you use equipment abroad? Okay, so usually what I do, especially now that uh, I'm traveling for various events and maybe I still want to do a workout here and there, I usually do just at-home normal workouts on my mat, you know, an ab workout, some squats, some push-ups, things you can do around the house. You don't always need to have weights with you if you're a weight trainer. I only started using baby dumbbells like in the last two years, but I didn't do that when I was skating. I was always doing like running and jump roping and a bunch of different power exercises for quickness, not static exercises using weights. So for me now, if, I, if I'm if i going somewhere, I don't really need to work out. That's not really um, something that I focus on too hard. But if I feel a little sluggish and I want to use some energy, I'll definitely bust out a quick 15, 20 minute workout with squats and push-ups. How is post-grad life? Oh, I love it, guys. Post-grad life is the best. I'm having a lot of fun. I actually just moved to San Francisco, which is really exciting. I have a lot going on with, um, I do social media marketing for a real estate company in San Francisco, and I also am doing my seminars. I'm doing the podcast, doing all these projects, so I've been very busy, and it's been really amazing experience. Is there a difference between the fitness level of 90 skaters and current skaters? No, I don't think so. (laughs) 90 skaters were doing the same elements that we were pretty much, and they were doing amazing programs as well. So definitely we have the same fitness level, I'm pretty sure. Working out as an Olympian, what is the toll it takes on your body, your mind, and your life? This is a great question. So the toll on your body, huge toll physically. Uh, You're working out 
five to six days a week usually for at least three to four hours, depending on your sport, of course. And you're prone to a lot of injuries, potentially. You're risking your body a lot more than a lot of people are. And you constantly need to stay fit. You can't take a break. Because once you take a break, your muscles are going to start relaxing and you're going to lose whatever progress that you've been making. So once you're kind of in a competitive sport, you kind of say goodbye to a lot of normal fun activities, vacations, anything that's going to take away from training. So that's definitely a toll on the body uh, and the mind. <sighs> Being an Olympian, it's, it's a huge accomplishment and honor, and I'm so, so proud that I've made it to the Olympics toll on my mind definitely as an athlete you feel a lot of pressure from yourself and from you know everybody that goes into your team so like your coaches maybe your family your friends like anybody who's directly contributing there's definitely a lot of pressure there to make everybody proud and you know satisfied and feel like we have all achieved success the toll of trying to be as mentally strong as possible is really difficult. That's something that all athletes have to train and only the best of the best really accomplish. You know, there's so many athletes that every day in practice when they're not feeling adrenaline and pressure, they can perform amazingly. But when it comes down to competition day and they get their one shot to perform, a lot of them can't do it. And that comes from mental strength. So to make it to the Olympics and to be using your mind to coordinate the physical training that you have uh, it is incredible so I have like such major respect for all athletes who make it to the Olympics and um you know the mental strength that it takes that it goes with the toll on your life honestly it's really just the commitment I joked about this with my friends once and I said oh it's like sport prison essentially because once you are really committed into you know training and all the stuff you really say goodbye to a lot of the normal fun things in life that um, are super easy and natural to a lot of people, you have to think about how every decision you make in your day is going to affect training the next day. Even if you're already done with training, you're thinking, okay, well, I should go home and I should rest and I should go to bed early. And if even though I'm done training for the day and I could technically do whatever I want, you know, you shouldn't be going and making your body tired for the next day. It's It's all correlated. And so I think in that way... It's, it's a huge toll on your life to be committed to becoming an Olympian just because of the commitment that it takes to achieve that. And that is a time commitment. That is a lifestyle commitment. And yeah, it's, it's definitely crazy. <laughs> okay, somebody said, how was the first flight home from the Olympics? So I actually was at the closing ceremony and... After the closing ceremony, we went directly to the airport and I was sitting around with all the other athletes who we were still all in our pea coats from the closing ceremonies, um, dancing around, so hyped off the games. And then I actually got my own row home, which was crazy. Like I just didn't have anybody in my row. So it was super nice that I could fly from like Frankfurt all the way to San Francisco in my own row and be able to lay down and stuff. But I was wearing all my USA gear. And so everybody in the airports like knew who we were and were clapping and cheering and, you know, smiling. It was just, it was a really, really nice homecoming for me. Definitely. What is the impact of skating on an athlete that changes sports? You know, skating is all about mastery of skills. You're working really, really hard to 
master specific elements. And I think that pretty much goes for every sport. So transferring the skills that you learn in skating, um, you know, balance, coordination, that's going to apply. That's applicable everywhere. So uh, yeah, I think there's a lot that you could transfer from skating. Okay, final questions are about the Olympics right now. A lot of you guys have been asking me about my thoughts on the women's gymnastics events, Simone Biles pulling out of the Olympic finals for her mental health, uh, and what my thoughts are on that. So I just want to, you know, start with that if we talk about Simone. The thing about her situation is with a sport like gymnastics, gymnastics is so incredibly difficult and dangerous. It is life-threatening. It is such a dangerous, risky sport. So if you are not in the right headspace and the right, you know, mental clarity and um, trust, that is not a safe sport to just go and do, no matter how many people are pushing you to do it. And so I think in that way, if Simone, you know, has the twisties, we, none of us really know exactly what's going on with her, but the word in the media is that uh, she's mentally not prepared for this event. She doesn't trust herself or feel safe. Uh, good on her to remove herself from that situation because at the end of the day, it is so not worth it if she were to get dramatically injured just trying to perform for everybody else. Um, if her mental space is not 100% on doing such a life-threatening, dangerous move absolutely do not do it. doesn't matter if the Olympics. Simone Biles is already an Olympic champion. She already has so many medals. She does not need to prove anything else. If she needs to step away because she does not feel safe for whatever reason competing on any of those apparatus, cool. I would much rather have a healthy, normal Simone than a Simone that is severely injured right now because she tried to compete when she didn't feel like she could. That being said, I don't really think that the media should be focusing as much as it is on Simone Biles right now and the whole stepping out for mental health story. I think that it should be covering way more of the girls who are actually competing right now because the mental toughness, the mental strength that they are showing, that this is their entire gymnastics career on the line since they've been little girls too. Um, you know, huge, huge congrats to Suni Lee, the new all-around gold champion. So amazing. Jade Carey just won the gold medal on the floor last night. Like, wow, so, so incredible. Michaela Skinner, what a story. She finally got a silver medal at the Olympics in vault. You know, I, I followed Michaela after the last Olympic Games in Rio in 2016 when she was an alternate. And, you know, to see her come back and be so strong and, again, like, left out of the finals initially because of our two-person rule in the Olympics. You know, we already had two Americans, and so she was, again, kind of gypped by the system. So, so inspiring to see her come out, have her chance. She didn't even know she was competing, and then she just got the call, got ready, went out, won herself a medal. Oh, it just, it gives me chills. That is what the Olympic spirit is about. That is somebody who has faced a lot of setbacks and faced a lot of hardship and she 
ultimately did it. You know, that has got to be such a satisfying, rewarding medal. So I have so, so much respect for these women who are competing, competing so well. They're the best in the world. They're winning the medals. I think there needs to be so much more media attention on them, so much more talk surrounding them and less on putting all the focus on Simone. I think one of the problems in the first place was entering the Olympics with so much media hype around Simone that obviously that wasn't healthy for her either. She was feeling way too much pressure. We shouldn't be putting all of the media attention on one athlete. We need to stop doing that. We need to spread it out. We need to give all the athletes a chance to you know, have a little bit of hype, not a huge amount of hype, but give them a little spotlight. Um, and I hope that NBC starts doing that for future competitions because it just isn't fair, both to the athlete that's getting way too much exposure and to the athletes that aren't getting practically any exposure. So definitely would like to see more of that. And, you know, gymnastics in general, I think it's so cool that they have a team event, the all around event, and then they do the individual events man, it'd be so cool to see individual events for skating. Like, you know, they started the team event. Cool. We have our individual short and long program combined. How cool would it be if we had like a jump event and a spin event and a step sequence event where all the skaters come and we have our best jumpers go and they award medals for the best triple lutz or the best combined jumps, the best spins. Oh, that would be so cool. So how do we get that happening, guys? Huh? <laughs> who do I who do I email? Who do I how do I start the petition to get individual events for skating started? The, it's so amazing to watch the Olympics right now. You know, we have so many incredible athletes, so many people vibing off the Olympic spirit and living their best moments and having these career milestones. Um, I will always love the Olympics. I will always love the feelings I get when I watch other athletes achieve their dreams and the families. It just brings tears to my eyes. So absolutely amazing. All right. That's it for me, guys. This time uh, I will be back with more interviews and be covering all the competitions that are happening this fall. So stay tuned. And please reach out to me on Instagram if you have any requests, if you have any questions. I'm always posting on my Instagram stories of questionnaires if you want to ask a question for my podcast or give me a rec. And stay tuned. Follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm promoting this. My Instagram name is at Paulina Edmonds. I'm also on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook. You know, find me everywhere. Yeah, I'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.